y'all heard? Ready? Ready. One, two, three. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. This is Y'all, y'all heard. heard. A podcast where me, Marissa Phillips. And me, Pete Phillips, are not related. We just changed our names for the podcast so it would be cute and confusing. Also, this is a show where two friendly dilettantes dabble in the art of discourse, presenting the audience with titillating tidbits of truth, trivia, tittle-tattle, and the like. (laughs) Dilettantes reminded me of Luke Perry. (laughs) Why? Because it sounded like Dylan. Oh, I like that. So what do you say now, Pete? Uh, In other words, we tell you things you didn't know that you needed to know. Me and Pete switched roles that time. And I just want to know, if he had said what I said, I would have stopped being his friend. (laughs) (laughs) Pete, how are you? I mean, I guess I'm okay. I don't really have anything notable to talk about. (laughs) Oh, wow. This sounds silly to say, but I think I've hit sort of a plateau oh i knew you were in the uh the pandemic okay like i'm finally at a point where i'm just like i don't want to do anything i don't want to see anything i don't want to go anywhere i don't like i just want to sleep all the time but not like a depressed like yeah i want to sleep because i can't face the world but like uh plus now it's getting hot it just makes it easier to fall asleep yeah. I thought you were going to say you reached a plateau in your life, so I'm glad you didn't say that. Yeah. Um, Pete, right before you called, I got a bunch of gluten-free chicken fingers delivered. And Are they I cooked? Just, yeah. Okay. I ate them already. Right. Guys, this is not something I'm proud of, but I'm going to tell you all because we're friends at this point. I ate my dinner... While also watching food ASMR. So I typically ate my dinner while I watched someone else eat a bunch of fried chicken in some sort of just like weird food frenzy. And audibly, it was just like, it's so many layers of crunching. <laughs> and I was like, there's some reason why I'm doing this. I can't articulate why. <laughs> anyway, I thought I should tell you that. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, I don't know if it's fun per se, but... um, I hope you don't mind me asking, but um, how's the Invisalign going? It's not in my mouth, but that's because I'm drinking. I was going to say, because you sound really good right now. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Yeah, I I still have time left where it doesn't need to be in my mouth. But, uh, oh man, I'm on my second tray and it hurts so bad. Um, But yeah, I'm fine. I just... I get at least an hour without them out. Uh, so if this somehow runs more than an hour, I'm going to have to put them in midway and you will see my transformation. Okay. Icebreaker. Pete, you ready for an icebreaker? Ready. Um, what is the last piece of media, be it podcast, show, performance, that has either made you cry or if you don't cry at things, very emotional. <laughs> Were you just trying to <laughs> illustrate the, the silence? <laughs> okay, no. Is the, you could say, 
fine. You could you could replace it with full of rage if you never cry. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. I um, I'm I consume a lot and don't remember it afterwards. Oh, I'm Pete. I'm bragging that I consume a lot. That's not really like a okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So you need more you time. Could go, you could go first. Okay. I used to only cry at anime for like at least 10 years of my life. I wouldn't cry for anything but anime. And sometimes it wouldn't even be sad anime. It would just be like very dramatic. Mercy experiences a lot of tears of joy. I really do. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I used to cry at anime or sometimes music people put on. Um, anyway, I'm starting to become a more normal person by quote unquote normal people standards. And last two things I cried about. I won't say why, because it'd be a spoiler, but I cried multiple times uh, at Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And so I recently heard a podcast, Page 7 podcast, outlining Kesha and her, not outlining Kesha, outlining Kesha's legal issues with Dr. Luke. Have you ever heard about that drama? That was like the producer? Yeah, where she like said he sexually assaulted her. I think and she was stuck in a contract with him. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't know how much he fucked her over illegally. Like, he, like, then sued her for, like, I don't know, not libel, the other one, like, in many different states and all this shit, and she just got, like, fucked by him legally in many ways. So then, she's still in a contract with him, but I think the first song she performed since that whole legal thing was a song she wrote about it. Where she was basically saying how she was going to pray for him. His song, I think his song is called Pray or whatever. And it's just a song about how she's going to pray for him to, like, be better. And how she's going to pray about the situation. So it was like a redemptive song rather than an angry song. Okay. I think she performed it on the Grammys. And a whole bunch of women, uh, like famous women like Cindy Lauper and Camila Cabello. Is she famous? I don't know. Uh, are dressed in white doing her backup vocals. And I watched it yesterday after hearing all about her issues and how abused she was by this dude. And I started crying so bad. Is it because I drank a whole bunch ahead of time? <laughs> I don't know. But I cried and cried and cried. <laughs> and then fell asleep. Pete, your turn. I don't know that I have anything that would be like, I listened to a podcast called the content minds and i hope nobody who does it listens to this show because i play it to fall asleep oh <laughs> but there was one episode so maybe this is a testament there was one episode i couldn't fall asleep during it because they found it really fascinating but also really maddening and uh it was an episode called how do we fix online advertising and basically uh, they explain how online advertising works and how it's broken and how you get advertised things that you don't really want. And it was like, I, it felt like while I was listening to it, like it was a big social issue because <laughs> it was like, oh my gosh, this is so daunting. No one can fix this. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, um, but it turned out like the best thing that you could do is just stop advertising. I'm sorry, you cried during this? I didn't cry during during it, oh. but I felt like it felt hopeless. <laughs> that's the closest okay. I could get to. Not that that's the only time I felt hopeless, but... <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. 
It's valid. Pete, let's see your segue to your topic. We've got great fans and sometimes they call to remind us. Before we segue into the topic, let's hear from Alex. Hi, this is Alex, and I want to explain why Bitcoin is bad for the environment, Bitcoin and other crypto. So the way that these things work is, and this is like not a huge oversimplification, uh, if you're going to be able to make new Bitcoin, right, you can put your computer on the network, and it will try to solve a completely pointless math problem. And if you're lucky and it solves the math problem faster than any other computer on the network, then you get new Bitcoin, right? And there's also other ways that uh, computers can earn money by just helping facilitate Bitcoin. What? Basically, the only way that, like, the computers are making money at this is uh, just by doing pointless math problems. Um, and they're trying to do this as fast as possible, right? So if you want to double your chances by two lottery tickets, you buy two computers. You buy four computers, right? You quadruple your chances of making a Bitcoin. Uh, well, then what's really good being able to do pointless math very quickly? Video game graphics cards for computers. So those have shot up in price. So they said video game nerds are having trouble getting graphics cards for their computers because they're all winding up in these massive server farms in weird remote locations in the world where electricity is really cheap. Oh, yeah, because if you want to be able to do pointless math problems for cheap, you wind up like being constrained by the amount of electricity that your computer takes, right? And so then you need to figure out, am I making enough in Bitcoin to cover the cost of these graphics cards and to be able to buy electricity as cheap as possible, which means that we are wasting electricity on this stupid internet economy thing, which people running these farms are making less and less in margins because it's a huge competitive market. The only people at this point who are making money on Bitcoin are the people who are investing in it speculatively like tulip bulbs, and that bubble is only going to last so long. I, I cut off the rest of it, but that was the, that was the part that was about... Um, why Bitcoin is bad for the environment, Marissa? I wish, if you've heard our past episodes, you, you'd know that I turn off my videos, so I watch Pete and he doesn't watch me. <laughs> I almost wanted to turn it on during it, but then I feel like it would look performative. But the face of disgust I was making, what the fuck is Bitcoin? I feel like now I'm like more confused. I mean, everything you said always makes sense, but like, what? Who thought, like, that makes sense? Like, what? I don't know. I feel like I'm you upset. can apply the same logic. <laughs> oh, is this, this is, is going to be a leap. Very nice. I feel Thanks. like you could apply the same logic to, like, straightforward capitalism. Marissa, you have to go to a job every day and solve stupid problems all day just so that you can earn a dollar. <laughs> Yeah, that is true. But <laughs> and then I, if we're if we're really going to take it that far, you could say that you absorbing oxygen are also a strain on the environment. Okay, not going to go with the last. <laughs> one. I do find capitalism to be a joke. So I mean, I will give you that one. But like, that just seems so counterproductive. So yeah, excessively wasteful. I really thought Bitcoin was just like this is an over a mass a vast a vast a huge oversimplification, but I thought it was just like the equivalent of like or like NFTs or Bitcoin. I thought it was just like someone making a JPEG, which I think is how Pete said it to be the other day. I didn't know it had to do with 
math and all this electricity, and I thought Gen Z was just being whiny about the electricity. But okay, you know what? No, uh, the part that I found interesting is the idea of yeah, like putting up shop in a underpopulated area where electricity would be cheaper. Like the lengths that people are going to 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 pull this stuff off, it's kind of kind of crazy. It probably looks way more sleek and and like well set up than in my mind I'm envisioning it. But I'm envisioning like a very barren area of a third world country with with a, a warehouse <laughs> on it. Yeah, with just a whole bunch of very fat old computers, like like computers you'd have in the nineties. Yeah, but that's probably not what it's like. Maybe it is. I don't know. Call it the president. I feel like third world countries is too far. Just because you need to have a lot of Maybe a country that's starting to become more developed and isn't third world, but it's... Oh, so optimistic. I like it. I don't... Why? What do you think it is? No, I I found myself going negative, like somebody who was slipping from being, you know... Oh. Speaking of slipping, you know what you shouldn't be slipping while you're doing? Well, you like, let's keep talking till a segue... I was going to come off of your sleek one, but you talked uh, a little too long afterwards. Sorry. <laughs> no, there were too many extra words. Okay, okay. So this week, um, to Marissa's surprise, <laughs> we're going to talk about walking. Kind of. Wait, I thought you were talking about parkour. We're going to talk about parkour. And we've mentioned it on the show before, um, but this week we're going to get into details. And you won't be able to watch any of it. So, hopefully you know what parkour is already. Um, like, you've seen somebody do it. Otherwise, it might not make any sense to you. But we'll do our best to describe it. Explain it, though. Killing you? Yeah. You, like, step up a wall, and you do a backflip. And then you jump on top of a van. And then you jump off of the van. <laughs> Ooh, I don't... Oh, if... if- our core uh, pros would necessarily agree that that was a good description. <laughs> also, I will say that every time my boyfriend just runs and kicks off a wall, and maybe he gets like a foot of air at best, he screams parkour. Yeah. And I find that charmingly embarrassing. <laughs> Does your boyfriend like The Office? Uh, yeah, but I don't, I don't he, know that he got the office. He may have inherited it from the office. That's really quote shows. That's nice. Me, That's really yeah. nice. I'm happy I've never for you. In my life. So I don't, I think he just thought that was funny on his own. I was surprised the parkour was a French word. Yeah, me too. It's a training discipline where practitioners called tracers. Hmm. <laughs> Aim to get from one point to another in a complex environment without assisting equipment and in the fastest and most efficient way possible Pete, with roots you know- in military oh, obstacle course training and martial arts parkour includes running 
climbing, swimming, swinging, not swimming, (laughs) Uh, vaulting, jumping, polymetrics, rolling, and quadrupedal movement, whatever is suitable for the situation. Uh, Pete, do you know that there's a supposedly a different word for a woman who does parkour? I would love to hear it. Apparently, it is a tracus. <laughs> is that just a feminine form of tracer? Yeah, that's what the internet said. It said women tracuses. Tracers is also the name of the 2015 Taylor Lautner film. <laughs> In which he joins a team of criminal parkour practitioners because he has the hots for one of them. It is currently on Amazon Prime, and I watched it yesterday while copy-pasting this research. Oh, can we can we do a, a riff tracks of that movie for a <laughs> Um, the, the guy in the movie is just so poor, and you don't know why. <laughs> Yeah, that was a long time ago. I don't remember it well, but I remember it being absurd. The word parkour derives from parkour du compatant, uh, which is French for obstacle course. The classic- Do you sort of wish this was my topic so you would hear my horrible <laughs> no, pronunciation? Honestly, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the classical or the classic obstacle course method of military training proposed by George Herbert. <clears throat> See now, now you got in my head. Oopsie. Hey, bear. Um, eventually, practitioners like the group Yamakazi found their way to incorporating Eastern philosophies, and the physical oh. actions became more grounded in philosophies. No, no, no. Are you saying no, that I'm wrong, or no, that that's a terrible thing? I'm saying no, that's a terrible idea. Oh, this is this is my favorite paragraph of things I'm going to tell you. Okay. The group put themselves through challenges that forced them to find the physical and mental strength to succeed. Examples included training without food or water, or sleeping on the floor without a blanket to learn to endure the cold. For example, no one in the group was permitted uh, to be late for training, as it would hold back the whole group. If a member completed a challenge, everyone else had to do the same thing. During their training, no one was allowed to complain or be negative. Few excuses were allowed. For instance, if someone claimed that his shoes were too worn out in order to make a jump, he had to do it anyway, even if that meant doing the jump barefoot. At the same time, everyone was required to have knowledge of their own limits. So I really love that last sentence, because (laughs) otherwise it sounds abusive. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say this sounds like a cult. (laughs) But okay... I just wanted to tell you, because Pete thought he'd be safe from this, is that parkour can also be referred to le parkour, le art du déplacement, le parkour. Those three. Which stands for? The parkour. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't have any of the ads. (laughs) National parkour organizations include the World Free Running and Parkour Federation which was established in 2007, and they have also worked with MTV in order to produce parkour-related shows. I've never there seen are multiple that. on MTV? That's what it says. That's There's a bunch of videos out there, but I don't know so much about, like, a show, per se. Although, wouldn't you like to see Riverdale, but with parkour? 
No, I would like to see Real Housewives, but with parkour. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that. like a reality parkour show. Yeah, with like lots of interpersonal drama. The International Gymnastics Federation, FIG. Go ahead, figure mm. that one out. International Gymnastics Federation, FIG. Wait, wait, <laughs> you just wait. want to rearrange those letters however you want? Wait, is that... It? Yeah, that's weird. Okay. <laughs> they added parkour as one of their disciplines in 2017, receiving much opposition. Yeah, I heard about that. Continue, sorry. <laughs> Did you want to add to it? Because... I was just going on to the next sentence. I heard that most of the world's tracers are against that because they do not consider parkour as any form of gymnastics. Is that correct? Interesting. Although it can look like it. What do they consider it then? Oh, I thought you were going to... Oh, um, I don't know what they consider it, but the reason why they don't consider it is gymnastics is because of the inefficiency in a difficult or emergency uh, situation. That's interesting. Yeah. Oh, I did have a fact you didn't have. It's almost cool. like parkour isn't gymnastics. Well, what is it? We don't know. It's parkour. <laughs> yeah, Pete. <laughs> if I have to explain it, then you don't know what it is. Exactly. Um... The program includes speed run, sprint, and freestyle. Uh, they received FIG Parkour World Cup. I'm sorry, they launched. I don't even know where I got the word received. <laughs> <laughs> they launched the FIG Parkour World Cup in 2018, and the first event was held in April. The first Parkour World Championships was scheduled to take place at Hiroshima, Japan, uh, April 2020. But it was postponed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Another casualty of the COVID-19 pandemic. But, but nah, man. The moment you took parkour off the streets is when it died. That's when COVID won. <laughs> <laughs> parkour will also make its World Games debut uh, at the 2020 World Games. You mean the Olympics? No. What is the World Games? Um... I don't know. <laughs> Let me okay. click on it for a second. I'll tell you. The World Games. Um, an international multi-sport event meant for sports or disciplines or events within a sport that are not contested in the Olympic Games. Oh. This is the anti-Olympics. <laughs> I like that. Guys, also, I will not fault Pete at any point for not having an answer to my question. Because this was supposed to be my date. No, this is is more interesting now. So, a number of sports are held regularly, like acrobatic gymnastics, ultimate, I don't know what that is, ultimate frisbee? Oh, I thought you were going to say ultimate gymnastics. ultimate frisbee. Not ultimate frisbee, that's not cool. Orienteering, which is apparently a sport where you have to use a compass and a map to figure out where you're going. Karate, powerlifting, tug-of-war, fin swimming. Wait, karate is not in the Olympics? Marissa, fin swimming is when you have, like, a mermaid tail. I assume you meant with, um... We're using our Patreon money to go to the World Games. (laughs) Wait, what are those fin things that aren't mermaid tails? Are they just called fins? Swim fins? Like flippers? Yeah. Are you serious that it's with a mermaid tail? 
it looks like it from the picture. As if I was a fucking... Okay, you slide your feet in them, but it's one big mono fin. God, I did fucking karate, and I had to do that next to someone who fucking mermaid swims. <laughs> I would be like, fuck, am I not in the Olympics? This is some clown shit. There's also it- qu- corf ball. Corf? Pete, go home. <laughs> I'm not even drunk, and this is fun. Corfball is a ball sport with similarities to netball and basketball. Okay. Uh, what the fuck is netball, if not basketball? <laughs> Don't tell me. And dance sport. That's another one that is available. How do you judge dance sport? What's floorball? Man, this is falling apart. Canoe polo. Like- <laughs> I feel like this needs to be its own episode. <laughs> There's an area called, yeah, Trend Sports, and fin swimming is in it. Oh. And so is Ultimate Frisbee, inline skating, life saving. <laughs> no! You're lying! <laughs> you're lying! <laughs> life saving. The sport. Alright, we're not going to get into that because. Uh, Good night. Good night, everyone. <laughs> because the Wikipedia article actually <laughs> takes you to um, articles about life, like saving lives. <laughs> this is stupid. Okay, continue. What do you? What? What else do you have? Uh, I just you said a lot of what I said. I basically just have. That parkour was popular in the 80s, and something about someone who died. <laughs> yeah, there was a guy who died. He jumped off a building, right? What? He jumped off a building. A few of them fell from a building. There's someone who died, That there's a picture of the flip he was doing that he died moments after, and that's mm. upsetting. But I only made note of the fact that Yuri Elisiv, a 20-year-old Russian chess master, died while attempting a Parker trick on the balcony of his 12-story apartment in Moscow. And I just brought that up because I think if you are a chess master, stick with that and don't try to go to Parker. Yeah. Chess master, you know, has like a specific hat and you should not try to wear multiple hats apparently one of the kids on modern family also uh got injured doing a parkour trick which to me sounds like he was doing what your boyfriend does but he just got hurt and he had to make it sound better than i ran up a wall and fell on my ass (laughs) (laughs) okay it's hard to say that my boyfriend doesn't run up a wall he literally just kicks one leg it's not parkour which is why it's sort of funny so I don't know if he's joking, which makes it funnier. Also, which kid from Modern Family? It was the white one, wasn't it? Of course, yeah. Okay. I like, too, I, that you said the white one, and I know that you mean the white male. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oops, yeah. So, casual tracers may not be disciplined. They may not be training for major competitions. Most of the time, it's just something you do that looks cool. You jump off buildings, and you jump over cards and stuff like that. Um Cars is what I meant, but I wrote cards. <laughs> <laughs> Just jump over greeting cards. Okay. Oh, so <laughs> no, I imagine you got a deck of cards, like, you know, with the numbers and the queens and the whatever. You just, like, open it, just throw them and let the wind have them blow where they need to. <laughs> then you 
to parkour to make sure you jump on all of them no matter where they land. So you're talking about free parkour. <laughs> yes. Of course, the thing that I find most interesting about this, and I know that this is going to sound like, you know, like this is something, guys, I'm going to admit, I can't relate to, okay? I have a terrible body, but... You didn't say a terrible body. You said, I have terrible I body. I have terrible body. <laughs> okay, I don't know what... <laughs> this kind of activity requires major strength and, like, a body that can handle the impact of, like, jumping from maybe, like, a story up and landing on your feet or something. So... It's kind of crazy to me that you would have that kind of money and just decide to do this with it. Well, yeah, I read that. Uh, I know some parkour people jump from building to building, and I read that, you know, there's a limit to how much you could do that without it really fucking up your knees because of the impact on the land. Yeah. You know, like, some people do damage to their knees just walking. I mean, I just, I'm sorry, running. That's what I meant to say. I live, oh no, that was in my old apartment. I used to live on the 14th floor, and I saw somebody training parkour from my window. They just kept trying to do the same run and jump and, like, this whole thing over and over again. And I don't know why. It was like I was a child, and I just I couldn't hold back this desire. And I had to open my window and just scream parkour. <laughs> Okay, that's it. I just wanted to tell you that. <laughs> now, listen, if you don't have a body that you can do with parkour with, there might be a different sport that you'd be into, and that would be race walking. Pete, shut <laughs> up. That's right, Marissa. I got a half a page of notes on race walking. It's just power walking, but you're racing? No, you walk with people who are in the same race as you. <laughs> that's not a nice joke. <laughs> No, Race walking developed as one of the original track and field events of the first meeting of the English Amateur Athletics Association uh, in 1880. The first race walking codes came from an attempt to regulate rules for a popular 19th century long distance competitive walking events called pedestrianism. Yeah, I could see a bunch of Victorian people doing that. <laughs> there are only two rules that govern race walking. The first dictates that the athletes back toe cannot leave the ground until the heel of the front foot has touched. Violation back? of this rule is known as loss of contact. <laughs> okay. And <laughs> never talk about race walking outside of race walking? Yeah, whatever. yeah, that's the other one. <laughs> the second rule requires that the supporting leg must straighten from the point of contact with the ground and remain straightened until the body passes directly over it. I don't understand that part. Meaning that, um, like, so you put your heel down, you put your foot down, and while you're moving your other leg forward, the one that you're leaning on needs to stay straight. Ooh, so these people look like assholes. Like, right? <laughs> uh, these rules are judged by the unaided human eye. Um, athletes regularly lose contact for a few milliseconds per stride, uh, which can be caught on film, but such a short flight phase is said to be undetectable by the human eye, the referees. So, Marissa, you're right. These people, um, <laughs> I don't know if you ever did this <laughs> or yeah. if you remember doing it, but do you ever have to, like, really take a shit <laughs> when <laughs> you were a kid? And you were yeah. like, I have to get to the bathroom. And you, like, clench your butt cheeks, 
and sort of like wiggle all the way over to the, to the... Yeah, so this is what these people look like. That's kind of what these people look like. There's a lot of hip movement, and you wouldn't think so, but there's Ooh. a lot of hip movement. No, I feel like I've watched like enough like things like with old people power walking where I feel like I know exactly what this looks like. And two, I don't know why, but I imagine the referees like crouched down, trying to look at their heels at all points, running after these people while holding magnifying glasses. Mm-hmm. I assume that doesn't happen, but that's how I like to imagine <laughs> this pose. Anyway. Well, the magnifying glass would just be decoration, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. But it is part of the traditional race walking I mean, referee you outfit. <laughs> you could really see the heel. Um, athletes stay low to the ground by keeping their arms pumping low, close to their hips. If one sees a race walker's shoulder rising, it may be a sign that the athlete is losing contact with the ground. What appears to be an exaggerated swivel in the hips is, in fact, a full rotation of the pelvis. Athletes aim to move the pelvis forward to minimize the sideways motion in order to achieve maximum forward propulsion. Speed is achieved by stepping quickly, with the aim of uh, rapid turnover. This minimizes the risk of the feet leaving the ground. Strides are short and quick, with push-off coming forward from the ball of the foot, uh, again, to minimize the risk of losing contact with the ground. World-class race walkers, male and female, can average under four and five minutes per kilometer in a 20-kilometer race walk. Ooh, okay. Now, if that didn't make sense to you, Marissa, when you're walking, no. like when you're walking down your hallway, like, like you will, you know, lean on one leg, leg while you're pulling the other leg forward to take the next step. Don't act you, like you know I walk down my hallway. And when you do that, you would casually bend your knee so that you could move easily. But these I people guess. with having to keep the one straight and everything like that. Um, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of wonky to watch. I think next time I see you, we need to film a race walk. You want to have a race walk race? Yeah. <laughs> and it's filmed for Patreon. <laughs> Not that our Who? patrons want this, but you don't tell us what you want, so we're going to give you what we think you deserve. And we're going to fly Michael Dominic in to be the referee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, Marissa. Yes. That's the episode. Beautiful. <laughs> Guys, uh, if you've listened this long, we have to tell you. Even though it might not seem like it, based on you listening to the episode, we were kind of wiped out from preparing for the Blake Wexler episode. <laughs> yeah. So, if by any chance, you found this podcast through listening to Blake, and you've made it this far. Um... I mean, I actually really enjoyed this episode, but it's supposed to be my episode. I had a issue this week of the mental variety. <laughs> I so feel like the, the bummer yeah. about our podcast is that they go in order. And like, if, if our podcast was like our webpage, where you just see a bunch of episodes and you could just pick one and then listen to it, I feel like that's a cooler way to look at our podcast. But Yeah, yeah. Anyway. We have to fight with time, so... What'd you say? We have to fight with time. Speaking of time, sometimes people find out we still do our podcast, to which they don't realize how rude it is to be like, you still do your podcast. (laughs) 
Yeah, what are you, a quitter? <laughs> yeah, okay, he butts. Anyway, uh, yeah, thanks, Pete. That, uh, that was cool. Um, if anybody has, if anyone is a, a tracer, oh my god, if you identify as a tracer, please call us at 570-POD-WOD-1. Please. <laughs> I have to make fun of you. You just call and say, hi, my name is Blah, and I am a tracer. I think you guys did a great job covering parkour. Or if you have some insight that we missed, drop that yeah. too. Or just say, hey, my name is Blah, Blah, I'm a tracer. Then hang up. I'll accept that too. And we'll trace that call. Mm-hmm. Or if you're a, <laughs> a Seuss, please do call us as well. Pete, race walking still exists. Of course it does, yeah. And that... Ironically enough, Marissa, that one's in the Olympics. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> Very weird. Um, Thank you for mentioning that, because I forgot. I really wanted to make that point since you asked about parkour in the Olympics. <laughs> That's insane. It's literally insane. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, cool. Plugs. Marissa, do you have anything fun to plug this week? Uh, I think so. You go first, though, while I think. I have to plug. I have to plug a young adult television show on Freeform called <laughs> Cruel Summer. Oh, God, I care about that. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Because it's, it's just like... It's just... It goes down easy. <laughs> it's like, easy to watch... And, like, there are people who are lying, and you're like, ooh, I wonder if that person's lying. Ooh, I wonder if that person's lying. Oh, my gosh, did she really do that? But also, at the same time, once the episode's over, it's not like you're like, I can't wait until next week to figure out who... Like, the next time you turn it on, you're like, oh, I kind of remember what was going on. <laughs> and then you could just <laughs> proceed. Yes, reality? yes. Oh, oh, okay. It's about what? Oh, it's about a... So, um, there's a nerdy girl... And then there's a popular girl, and uh -huh. the popular girl goes missing. Uh -huh. And then the nerdy girl sort of, like, steps into her life, starts dating mm -hmm. her boyfriend, starts hanging out with the friends and everything like that. Uh -huh. And then the popular girl comes back. Oh. And it turns out that the nerdy girl may have, I don't want to say played a role in the disappearance, but may have Ooh. kept her disappeared. For a little longer than she might have had to be. <laughs> okay, okay, interesting. But it's also like just the other the thing that's annoying but also interesting about it is that they tell it in three time frames. So like one is in the late '80s, one is in the mid '90s, and one is current. And uh, you know, I don't know, jumping around in time. I like that. Okay, interesting. Did, would I like it if I like like Riverdale and shit like that? I don't know if it's as over the top as Riverdale, but. Maybe it is. It's on freeform, so you know it's it's cool. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> silly. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to plug. God, I feel so basic and so embarrassed. And I've been like, this show is dumb for so long, even though people thought I would like it since it was based on a Korean show. And I watched it by mistake the other day because I had nothing else to watch. And boy. Was it fun to watch The Masked Singer? <laughs> <laughs> and Mark McGrath from Sugar, Sugar Ray. Yeah, was, was the latest person to get unmasked. 
and that was very fun. So, uh, yeah, if you, like, need trash and you're out of shows, just watch The Masked Singer. It just, like, oh. do you ever, um, so while you're watching, do you ever mm-hmm. get any realistic, <sighs> is there a way that you could guess who it is, realistically? You have to know. Because it seems like it covers a wide breadth of celebrity. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. I would say you have to know a lot of fucking details about a lot of celebrities. Because when they were making their guesses, someone was like, oh, I think it's this surfer because his father died when he was young. And I was like, who knows about surfers? And his father died when he was young. It's Brandon Lee's ghost. (laughs) What did you say? It's Brandon Lee's ghost. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I just feel like you could only know if you really follow celebrities and a lot of different ones. So, no, I, I, I don't know. I do want to say I want to rewatch all the parts that had the hints for when Kermit the Frog was in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds fun. But, yeah, no, I think it's very, very difficult <laughs> to uh, guess it. I will also say that I get anxiety with reality shows because it hurts too much to watch other people get heartbroken, like when they get kicked off of American Idol or when yeah. they don't get accepted from Shark Tank. The only thing is with Mask Singer, even when they get kicked off, there's like sort of joy because everyone's so excited to see them get on Mask and it's like kind of fun and everyone's like laughing and screaming. So it's the only place that when, when someone gets eliminated, there's still joy to be had. So I think that's why I like it. Because I, the older I get, the less I could see disappointed people. Because I am <laughs> that ass Pete. <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you for listening. Yes, you can call us at five seven zero pod wad one. Mhm. Uh, I was just gonna say like these people have, which is what someone else says. No one really calls our show. That's a joke. Um, like Alex had. <laughs> yeah, oh, Alex does. Thank you, Alex. You always call. And I thank you so much for what you gave us today in terms of the info about cryptocurrency. Um, guys, you could slide into my DMs at Risk Vandal. Um, Pete, anything else? Oh, our Patreon. Donate to our Patreon if you want. That's uh, patreon.com slash y'all heard. And uh, we have a $1 tier that you can get access to pretty much all the stuff that we posted up there. Uh, yeah, Pete, we should probably once in a while do a shout out to all our new patrons. Ha 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 ha. That's <laughs> because we have people named Michael who give us money. Yeah. Anyway, bye. Yeah, hi. Hi.